Hello um, and welcome to Pals Pulls. This is the Comics Pals Weekly Show where we review comics, Marvel, DC, Image, Boom, whatever publisher we like. It's publishing great books. We talk about them right here on this very show. I am joined today by Tyler. Uh, guten Tag. I can't Kale. ever say just hi. Why, what the fuck's wrong with me? What's up, hot dogs? Apparently neither can Kale. Uh, and I'm Sean saying hello, hello. If you're watching us live, do uh, let us know you're you're watching. Um, I am actually going to uh, ask you guys for a moment. Don't mind me. I'm just pouring a drink into my uh, uh, my Comics Pals cup. Oh, I don't know if oh you guys interesting. Hear that. If only yes. there was a link in the Twitch uh, bio for that. Wow. Mm. Look at that. Yes. Uh Look it's, how refreshing. I got yeah. to teach you how to pour a beer, too. All right, we got we got. Yeah, there. yeah, I know. I'm trying to make sure it's in the camera, Tyler. Okay. Jesus. Right. Uh, uh, Matt in the chat. Well, we'll talk about that Saturday. We'll already. That Saturday. Listen, already. listen, 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 listen. No comment, okay? No comment <laughs> until Saturday fifth. morning. Listen, if you're if you're a fan of the show, if you're a listener of the show, uh, you you know that there has been a bet. It's been ongoing between myself and a listener. There's a major update on that bet. And if you want to hear what I have to say about it, if you want to hear what happened and you don't already know, tune in live this Saturday morning at 10, 15 a.m. Twitch.tv slash the comics pals. Uh, I will have things to say on that day. I do, too, actually. So I bet you do. I bet we all do. Mm. I bet we all do. Uh, if you want to watch this show live, that's 6 p.m. Eastern every single Thursday. So come hang out with us as we review comics. And by the way, if you want to have your book chosen as the listener pick, write in the comicspalsgmail.com. Mm. Any place you can leave a comment, do that. Let us know your pick. And if we choose it, we'll read it. We'll read, uh, we'll give you our review live on the episode. Uh, speaking of books. Let's talk about the books that we are talking about today. We've got Batman versus Robin number two. We have Do a Power Bomb number five, uh, Immortal X Men number seven, and the listener pick this week is Star Wars Visions number one. Uh, this once, a, a yeah. very quick and unanimous pick. Uh, it was nice. Yeah. The first time that it really didn't kind of come down to the wire was like, yeah, this is the book. Um, it wasn't even an argument. Like we had <laughs> other picks, but then everybody was like, oh, wait, no, that one. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, and also, by is the this, way, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Is this the first Star Wars book we've done on the on the show? Yep. Pretty you sure. You guys have never done a Star Wars book before. I, I guess so. not. I mean, I've been here most of the time you've been doing big two reviews, mm -hmm. right? Because previous yeah. to that, you only did image stuff from what I remember. Huh. Uh, No, we had. Did we not? I don't remember. It's been so long. Uh, I've been thinking about the fact that according to YouTube this week, I think, is uh, makes us uh, six years old. Hmm. Old enough to drink. Yeah, yeah you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Old enough to drink. Old enough for me to drink, let me tell you. Um, 
anyway, I wanted to mention patreon.com slash the comics pals where for as little as three dollars a month you can support your boys and uh our drinking habits and uh get some awesome content like our newsletter. Uh, you get access to our exclusive show over there called Palling Around, and you get your name shouted out on the main show, your superhero or supervillain nickname that we provide for you. Uh, so let's get into the books. Batman versus Robin number two. This is by Mark Wade on the on the writing side, Mahmoud Azrar doing the art, Jordi Belair on colors, and Steve Wands on letters. I was not here for the review of the first issue. Okay. And so I read it prior to this. Um, I thought that the first issue was phenomenal. I thought it was really, really great. A lot of fun. Uh, some mystery. You know, Mark Wade wasn't necessarily holding our hands um, in terms of what the answers are. Nothing too telegraphed. It's got the magic element, which Batman versus magic is kind of fun. Um, and... Maybe my favorite thing about it is that it ties into the world's finest book, which mm -hmm. I really have enjoyed. And I love the continuity. You know, I love the fact that you're rewarded. It's that like old school continuity, yep. too. Like, yeah. you don't see that anymore. Mm -hmm. and, and in this issue, there's some really interesting continuity things. Not really continuity, but like more greater DC universe. Oh, yeah. That I'm like, oh, oh yeah. I know Kale was eating good. Oh, you know, man, you know. Should I say there's a spoiler alert? Oh, the spoiler alert thing is. Wonderful. Yeah, spoiler alert. We, we we will spoil all these reviews or all these books uh, to the degree that we need to to talk about them. Uh, so, you know, be, be forewarned. This issue uh, is more Batman's Batman and Alfred's journey into figuring out what's going on here. There's some really cool. Um, Cameo appearances uh, reminded me of, um, <laughs> sorry, uh, oh, reminded me of World's Finest. That book has a lot of cameos in it. This time we saw um, the brothers uh, from the House of Secrets, uh, Cain and Abel, who I, I've seen in Sandman. Uh, so that was pretty cool that best. they were here. Yeah. Um, and a weird, weird journey that Batman and Alfred were on in this issue. Yeah, this is trippy. This is this yeah. is like one of those issues uh, where it really lets the art shine, and Mahmoud Arsar is fantastic. Yeah, uh, for sure. And seeing him do all these weird uh, dream sequences, and, and I think I think Batman even describes it as a uh, dream logic. It's like Alfred's mm -hmm. dream logic. Mm -hmm. Be careful. And I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Like it doesn't, but it does. Um, yeah. And I like that. That that's like a that's a just like Mark Way just understands like comics. This is a good way to write this and make sense in comics. Um, also, the weird inclusion of uh, the witches from the Witching Hour, which is like wild, a deep cut in, wild. in DC. Only um, Mark Wade, and you know what? Yeah. Only Mark Wade could get away with it. Well, I mean, he wanted to draw. I mean, he let Mahmoudashraw draw a, a goth, goth girl on the, on the page. Goth girls in my Batman books. Yes, please. We we you. talked about uh, how Jeff Johns is like a top three, like. DC historian, like he's he's got that you know deep knowledge of DC comics. I think Mark Wade might be the number one, uh, or at least he's in the right. conversation. He's and got it for both, he, both big too. Yeah, he put it on display. He might be the biggest comic fan of all time, at least the biggest one to have a job at at the big two because the the cuts here are so great. Like he had he went way over my head. 
you know, and, and I know some of this stuff, but a lot of this stuff went over my head. But you know what's the talent that he has is that the fact that I didn't necessarily know these characters didn't bother me. It yeah. wasn't an issue. They were there. You got an idea of why they were there. You didn't know all the history, but you knew enough to be able to enjoy their moment. It was great. And even still, like you didn't need to. Like he does such a good job of like uh, putting you in that moment. And, go- and even if you don't know, like going, oh, wait, who's that? But then Batman goes, it's a dream. It Like it doesn't matter. Right. And, and that's it. Feels great. I, I love Mark Wade. Um, his, I mean, the only comic book related tattoo I have is from a Mark Wade Daredevil comic. You know, like there you go. Uh, it's it's a big. He's a. I'm a big fan of his. Like outside of like Brevort, you know, who doesn't write, um, or maybe like Kirk totally. Busiek, if we're going writers, um, like Mark yeah. Wade knows his stuff, um, and he just yes. writes really fun. Like, like this is a Batman book. This is specifically a Batman versus Robin book, but it's fun. It's not dark. It's not dreary. It's not a brooding Batman. It's this weird kind of swashbuckly Batman, which which kind of. Uh, feels like what his Daredevil was. His Daredevil was a whole different, you know, ball game compared to the Brubaker stuff that came before it. So I'm kind of getting that same kind of feel from this. This felt a lot like the animated series for me. Like, mm. especially like the, the, the chase sequence or whatever, when he's, you know, being onslaughted by the, uh, uh, all the dream stuff. I was like, oh, this is... Uh, Batman the animated series definitely I think the Batman of the world's finest book by Wade feels like that as well um yeah it feels like it could be that continuity uh easily um you talk about the art and how good Mahmoud Azrar is um I've been a fan of his since a while um since his Marvel run where he did some pretty cool stuff. And th- this panel in particular is so funny, but it's so crazy too. It's this is the perfect timing for this book to be releasing. So look at this panel of Batman just up to the nose in green slime goo. And look at his expression. Like he looks absolutely horrified. Yeah. You can't even see his eyes because there's all this goo in them. That just that reminds it feels, me of yeah. that reminds me of me as a kid when I got a creepy crawler set. Wow. <laughs> Is that, is that a deep cut? You know, nobody knows what that is. I remember that. I, yeah, yeah. I never got one. It, it feels like they're cousins. having so much fun. Yeah. And that's it's fun to watch really, really cream of the crop creators have just a good time. This is like the kind of like B tier event book that I like where, yeah. you know, the stakes aren't that high because they can't be. They're not trying to make it seem like more than it is. It's a good romp. Um, and that's it. You know, and it's and it's just fun. I don't care what the outcome is of this. You know, like it's going to be normal, whatever it is, right? Like it's it, like magic will be impacted somehow. Maybe Alfred will be back. Maybe he won't. It's inconsequential, but it's a good time. So uh, we haven't talked about Jordy Blair on this uh, because it's hard to talk mm. about Jordy Blair because it's like, oh, it's Jordy Blair. It's good, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. Right. Right. But the it, this is a super colorful book for what it is. Even even though it's like a, a a a jaunt between the House of Secrets and the House of Mystery, um, it's still super engaging with the color. Like th- this this the cover is a good indicator of what uh, the kind of palette you're going to be getting in this book because it's not this washed out dark tones, muddy tones. It's mm. 
almost super mm. friends like in the color scheme, uh, which I, I I'm loving. So I I do have to criticize, you know, and I hate to do this, but the page stock that DC uses now for their like lesser books is just so bad. It really is. Like it doesn't it doesn't really pop in a way that allows the colors to shine. And it's really frustrating. Like these pages don't have the life to them that they would if is they were like the on man? like the, the page stock of Dual Power Bomb, which we're gonna talk about in a moment. Is Especially like for the, the super... price you're paying. Yeah. yeah. Sean, is that super glossy paper that kind of leaves fingerprints? No, I don't even know if I would say that. Like, it's just, it's just very. It's, uh, yeah. Maybe uh, it doesn't come across well on camera, but if well. you were holding it, if you were looking at it, it looks dulled. The colors do, um, and mm-hmm. it's just like compare it to like uh, hold in your hand and look at like Doomsday Clock and how great that card stock was, that page stock was, or you know or I, Joker or any any big DC book. I don't have that in, in physical, uh, at least uh, collected. I do have the, all, every issue, but. Uh, mm. I should have done that this past weekend. I don't have to worry about uh, page stock. So. <laughs> I just got to worry about my iPad flickering now, which is great. Um, so, Oh, yeah. My iPad definitely died at uh, 53%. So, Oh, that's a battery issue, Kale. Yep. Yeah. Oh, you're telling me. Yeah. There is a really cool moment towards the tail end of this comic that I did not see coming. That is a real treat for any fans, like core fans of Damien, fans of Grant Morrison's run on oh, Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, I popped for that. I don't feel the need to spoil it. Um, it's really cool. Go out and buy the comic if you want to know what it is. But um, it's it's that deep. It's a deep reference while also kind of being like to a Batman fan, to like a, a, a fan of that era you, it hits you right away. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but it was so long ago now. It's like when the, the Zaranar suit oh, showed up in a Chips Batman. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, exactly. okay, yep. Yeah. It, we're in that era where referencing something from yeah. Grant's run, which, you know, that particular issue was like 12 years ago, is an old reference. Like you're paying homage. You're bringing something back. You know, that's just wild to think about. So but. side, now that you mentioned that, it's a side side thing. But like the fact that that's happening and also we get all those like legacy books from Marvel where it's like, oh, Marvel Hulk is getting its own miniseries with the old crea- creative team and stuff. Um, have we hit like a new age? Is there a, a, an indicator now for like you get silver? Technically, is it still the modern age? Mm-hmm. Like it can't always be the modern age, you know? I'm curious, with the, especially with the advent of like digital and stuff. Mm-hmm. I would also... I would also posit that the movies would have to have an effect I mean, somewhere in here. Yeah, I mean, you know, for, like for the, sure on this, because there's a goddamn Black Adam ad on the cover. <laughs> yeah. No shit, right? Fucking ruins it. Um, I'm, I'm saying pull for sure. I thought this was really great. Yeah. I like it a lot. Pick of the week. Nice. I figured that. Cool. Even, even with the $6 price tag, um, I, I'm liking it. Yeah, yeah, I'm certainly not happy about that, but uh, I mean, yeah. I felt good about it. At, yeah, the end. at least it's a good book, you know. Like, imagine paying yeah. six bucks and instead it's um, what did we have to read last week? <laughs> oh God, I don't even want to think about last week. Um, <laughs> yeah, like six dollars is a huge amount, but when you have a pleasurable experience, it's like okay, 
what else? What else? You know, what else was I going to do with that six bucks? So thanks, DC, yeah, for the yeah. price tag. Uh, and and then and thanks to the actual creators for justifying it. It's hard to get a six dollar pleasurable experience around here. I know where you could. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, the plane tickets are expensive. <laughs> paying six dollars for a comic. <laughs> okay. All right. Good. It makes me want to do a power bomb on someone. It really does. Who? Just like the editors, or who decides that? Uh, I'm not going to name any names or anything like that. He's just running Cartoon Network. It's fine. Yeah. Well, Daniel Warren Johnson's got me covered uh, because while I can't do a powerbomb, I can read a book called Do a Powerbomb Number Five by Daniel Warren Johnson, who's doing the writing and the art. Mike Spicer on the colors, Russ Wooten on the letters. I've missed like three reviews for this book. So glad I'm finally so here for weird. one. <laughs> I know, right? Um, so we're we're pretty far along, two issues to go, and we're at we're in the finals, the tournament finals. Um Sun and Steel have made it all the way, which sounds like a Pokemon generation. Um and they're gonna be facing off <laughs> against Sorry, that that just registered in my head. That was a good one. And it took yeah, it took a second for that one. <laughs> my head was like, that has to be already a thing, uh, but no. I, well, I was like, wait, a Pokemon? What sounds like a Pokemon? The two biggest oh, Pokemon fans on this podcast. So uh, a little slow on the uptake. There. Couldn't put that one together. Uh, it happens. Uh, and they're up against uh, FYSO. Fuck your stupid opinions. Um, <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. One thing I really have to credit this book for is that it really understands how to present wrestling in an interesting way. Like if Daniel Warren Johnson were, say, the director of an episode of of, of, a, of a wrestling show, he'd probably do a really great job at that because he understands what you need to show to make the match as interesting as possible. And I never cease to be amazed by his ability to do that. Specifically, I think there's a real skill, and uh, wrestling moves are so kinetic. There's like with the German suplex, there is multiple frames you can choose from. In that, yep. mm. uh, you want to take the impact, you want to take the you know the, the actual lift. He knows the exact perfect spot for the most dramatic effect in a move. Mm-hmm. It's not always the impact. Sometimes it's midway through the move, and then you hit the impact. You know, it's um, really impressive, especially for a guy like after reading the the back matter for issue one, like hasn't really been into wrestling that long. Yeah. Like it was like a COVID thing for him, right? Yeah. Yeah. Since um, his kid was born. Yep. Nothing makes you want to watch people beat the shit out of each other like having a child. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and this this match takes things to the extreme. It definitely feels like Johnson has given us like different kinds of matches Mm-hmm. Each match representing different eras or styles of wrestling. This one is very much an extreme match that uh, is reminiscent of death matches and some of the more gory aspects of wrestling. Um, and he finds a way to, again, present that in a way that's absolutely evocative of what it's like to watch a real hardcore death match. And you know he knows what he's doing because our main character is wearing denim jeans. You know that's a sign that you're in an extreme rules match if you're wearing denim. Like that's, that's hilarious. It's kind of a cliche at this point. And also, like, mm-hmm. are they wearing GCW shirts? 
Like I know it's Are not they? GCW, but like it's literally right. the same font and design of it. Uh, I like, didn't. Oh, I didn't catch that. This guy but... watched uh, a Moxley match, I guess. <laughs> um. Yeah. This has just been a great pleasure. It really has, and it's like every moment that is supposed to work works. Even even things like seeing um seeing uh Lona grab the barbed wire bat is awesome. You know, uh like you know what that means if you're a wrestling fan. There's a New Japan Pro Wrestling banner right here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like how cool is that, you know? No pizza cutters though. I was kind of bummed about that. I was hoping there would be a pizza cutter <laughs> spot in this. Why would you know like why would that be in hell? But hey, he's a wrestling fan, so I guess that's just what they're doing. I don't it's even know if they're in hell. Big fan of evil. Yeah. Um this was fantastic. The storytelling here is brilliant. So Kale, as a non wrestling mark. Uh-huh. I've seen Nacho I, I Libre. Like I hate the orphans. What, what, is the, what are the quotes from that movie? <laughs> it's one of the movies I did not enjoy when it first came out, but I but I've since I love. But. Easily one of my top top movies. Really? Um, okay. No, I love this. It's tremendous. I mean, how how could you not? It's so kinetic. It's so. And even just when I'm like, okay, I get it. He knows when to pull that mm-hmm. dramatic, you know, moment of um, actually doing the the face reveal of uh, uh, was it steel. Uh, yeah. I think she's Steel Steel Rose. Yeah, she's Steel, Rose. Steel Rose. Cobra Sun is his name. Yeah, Cobra Sun. Go. Yeah, okay. Yeah, <clears throat> um, he knows exactly when to pull that string, and not only, you know. Again, I think we said this on the first one. Not only does he pull that one, he lets the other one rip too. Where, oh yeah, that messed her up too. Right. Yeah. That was wild. If I had one gripe with this is that I felt like the actual match portion went was over too quickly. Like I feel like they could have really? could have really like maybe gotten the uh, a little more there could have been different spots to be shown. Especially with the, like a like if it's death match style stuff. Like I feel like it's like all right, barbed wire <laughs> bat, table spot, chair spot. Bam, like sure. Um See, I yeah, maybe I, even... I want more. That's the thing. I even felt like it went a little long. Really? Okay. Yeah. Well, the match itself is uh it is 15 pages. Really? Wow. Yeah. Damn. I might like it a lot then. <laughs> if I want more of it. <laughs> yeah. Um that is probably longer than most action scenes would be in a comic. Um so I think he gave it a great amount of time. I get what you're saying, though, because we're only getting it in chunks. Like, how do you represent a, you know, 30-minute match in a comic book? You know, it's tough to do. So there's a lot of spots that I think Johnson could have represented. But for longtime wrestling fans, like seeing um, seeing Lona do the Swanton Bomb off the top off the top of the ladder, that if that doesn't evoke WrestleMania for you, then I, I don't then I don't know. Like that's that's JR on commentary. That's yeah. Jeff Hardy on the ladder. That's you know Bubba or whoever it was on the table. Like that's where my mind went. My mind went to Hardy versus Taker ladder match on Raw. 
Sure, uh, sure. One of probably my favorite matches of all time. So, yeah. Um, a plus. This is my pick of the week. Um, I'm I'm in love with this book. I actually thought this was the last issue. Me too. So. I was just like, okay, well, they're going to win, and, and that's it. And then seeing that there's actually more to do, two more issues to go, I was like, oh, crap. Okay, cool. Let's see how he how he lands the plane here. Love it. Yeah, can't wait. It's funny. Like, there has not been a Daniel Warren Johnson, like, um, creator-owned book that I'm like, eh, it's all right. Like, dude hits. Even his uh, big two stuff is... Sure. Yeah. Really fucking good. This uh, is actually oh. this only the second Daniel Warren Johnson book I'm reading because I only uh, read Beta Ray Bill. So, um, oh, I've got to get on Murder Falcon, man. Yeah. Oh, it's good. Kale, I got that at the hardcover at Comic Con, and he did like a Murder Falcon sketch in it. Oh fuck yeah! Which he did dude. in like thirty seconds. Like he just did it for everyone. Um, but I got this uh, Martok. I'll put it in the camera for you. Um, oh yeah yeah you show me that oh Oh, yeah dude it's just klingon goodness by him and it's like there's barely any words it's just a fight scene i'm like oh this is my jam i love martok this dude just likes the same things i like too because like so like dude if you want to just be friends that's cool too (laughs) i i'm actually really annoyed that i didn't uh get to see daniel warren johnson at comic-con popping yeah he was doing like four by six head sketches like crazy. If you check this Twitter feed or like the Felix wow. comic art feed, like this, he was, oh, he wow. was working the whole time. Mm. Well, Nightcrawler was working the whole time in Immortal Ooh. X-Men number seven. My man was bamfing all over the place. My pick of the week. This was a no. This was an awesome yeah. book. No, no, Kale. Come on, Kale. There's all one right. thing you got you to gotta know about me. I love a blue boy. Um, Beast, That's Nightcrawler. disturbing. There's so many other blue boys. Beast, Nightcrawler, uh, Paul Giamatti in that one movie with Frankie Muniz. Well, like, Frankie Muniz, of course. Yeah. Everybody knows about Liar big Liar. Fat, uh, was it Big Fat no, Liar? No, Big Fat Liar. Liar yeah. Liars. Liar Liar. <laughs> liar, liar. <laughs> well, let's let's uh, let's before we get into the, the the did we love it? Let's talk about who did it. Kieran Gillen wrote this one. Lucas Wernick on. Art Daniel Curiel on colors and Clayton Cowles did the letters. Um, this issue is again Nightcrawler centric. It really focuses on his mission to uh, just try to be everywhere at once and solve a lot of the problems and put himself on the line um, more than once in order to save the X Men and you know the world at large from judgment. Um, and I think that this is the finally the time where I think Nightcrawler got his due in the Krakoan era. This was a yep. really great Nightcrawler-based issue, I thought. I love uh, – the thing I love about Nightcrawler is the – like, sure, there's the, the whole religious aspect of it that complicates things. A similar reason why I love Daredevil. Um, but the fact that Nightcrawler is always uh, the, the, the one shining light of hope no matter what. Um. And that's shown here and then in, in a really, really dire situation. And I also like how he's, like, a little pissed off, too, which I enjoy. And like a nice pissed-off Nightcrawler. Um, yeah. The fact that they're kind of bending the Krakoa rules a bit is fun. Um, I mean, I, this is a simple one for me. Give me more Nightcrawler, I will like your book. Like, that's at, that's a simple one for me. It's, it's like Jean Grey with Sean, except I don't want to fuck Nightcrawler. 
I don't <laughs> want to do anything with Jean Grey, okay. dude. All right. all right, okay, all right. All right. I don't I'm know just, where that I comes from. I saw you near the the Alex Ross booth, and you know the picture I took. Yeah, you know, I'm just saying there was some chemistry. Oh God, that was a that was a whatever. <laughs> Go on. That's all wow. I got. Kale, save me. Uh, you listen. You bamped this <laughs> hole. You gotta you gotta bamp your way out. Listen. Uh, so Jean Grey aside. Um, I think that I think that Gillen has a knack for Nightcrawler's dialogue and, you know, kind of what works um, for this character. He's not overwriting it with some which we've seen in the past. Um, uh, you think so, Kale? Man, uh, may, maybe not the dialogue, but I thought this issue in particular was very overwritten. Mm. I'd go one step further like, and argue that most of Gillen's Krakoan era X Men has been overwritten, but I I agree with that. I mean, I, I it's been a while since I've read um, an Immortal one, uh, but and, uh, this one was just I mean it was you know we criticize a lot of writers for caption after caption and pages full of text. Um, like I'm looking at one where he. Uh, Oh, he's bouncing between Krakoa to the uh, the progenitor or whatever through magic. And it's just, I mean, three to four captions a panel. I'm like, that's insane. I just, this whole thing to me felt expository. Mm. And like it, for me, it didn't get fun until the end. Interesting. I actually the end the end is the reason why this wasn't my my book of the week. Oh. Um so first of all, this mo- this book was a nightcrawler book, but he's not the only character that got due here. I think um uh Irene Adler, uh mm-hmm. Destiny was awesome in this comic. Seeing that she was afraid, that was that was great. That added that added more drama and tension for me. Than whenever they were saying like, oh, we were judged because like nothing happened. Whereas here's a character that is aware of the future and she's scared of what they're going to have to go through. That I thought added some dread and drama. Um, So I really liked that. Uh, And then also. um, uh, uh, Who was I thinking of? Oh, Sinister. See that that bit with Sinister where he tries to shoot Mo- the the Moira in the Moira mm. in the tank in the in the uh, what's it called what's that what's that tank that Vegeta's in in Dragon Ball Z on Namek time oh. chamber sort of thing. I'm thinking more of a ba- no. ba- back to tank from Star Wars. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. back to tank. Yeah, yeah. she's in that back to tank, it. and and Sinister's just trying to blast it with a shotgun. I thought you said she got that back to tank. <laughs> something calling star wars characters oh my god no that's not that's um that's dr afra not uh (laughs) not uh irene adler but um uh, ala sakura guy myself but you know fair uh yeah i think i think sinister got some good moments here hope even got a moment this feels like a great tie-in to an event that i wish was doing this Mm mm-hmm 
I enjoy this much more than I'm enjoying uh, actual Judgment Day proper. Yeah, I'll give you that. If I if I if this was the Judgment Day issue, I would have enjoyed this and that. I think a whole lot more. Hmm. And, and funny enough, uh, distinct lack of Eternals in this too. I wonder if that's what's causing it, <laughs> causing my like of this more. I also think you know, uh, smaller scale and scope. Things are happening around, like Nightcrawler's moving in and out of all that stuff. But you know, it's, it's not what this book is about necessarily. He's still he's still being an active protagonist, whereas right. uh, you can can you tell I'm going to screenwriting school? Um, Look at you. Whereas the event is stuff happening to people. You We're know? not at the the denouement just yet, Kel. Not yet. Not yet. We have had an obligatory act, though. We have, yeah. What I what I didn't love was so when when Nightcrawler the the moment where he figures out like how to get to to Moira at the end was awesome. That whole bit I thought was great. The fact that he was willing to continue to die. The little spiel about how like he experienced he experienced his death because normally they resurrect and they have no recollection. Yeah. The fact that he experienced his death and was resurrected with the memory of it and was still willing to put his body on the line over and over and over again. Nothing that I've seen in a Marvel comic has shown me who Nightcrawler is more than this issue. Yeah. I got to say, though, like yeah. if they could have done this the whole time, what's with the whole thing where they were attacking Orcus? At the beginning of Hawksbox with like Cyclops and stuff. And they're like, well, we don't know what happened there, you know? At first, I thought that's what this was. I thought he, they'd figured out how to go back in time or whatever. I thought he was going to go back and kill Mora. And like, it was like, all right, I just reset the timeline. Mm. I, but I guess you lost her power, so that doesn't work out then. That's what, that's what Sinister right. was trying to do, though, which he, he might right. eventually do if the event is any indication. What I didn't like so much was. You know, every time Moira appears now, I'm just like, eh, her dialogue's bad. She's one note. There's just no heat there for me anymore. And yeah. so once he actually got her and she's like, oh, what do you want? And she's just yeah. sitting there with a scowl on her face and she makes a quip. Orcus and the X-Men, this will never last. I didn't know she had a sense of humor. Um, I, I just, I don't know. And then, it, and then Orcus has kind of been off the table for a while. So that whole plot has fallen apart for me. Orcas is still relevant in the X-Men main series. Uh, just X-Men. Yeah. Um, I know, like, yeah, MODOK's a part of it now and stuff. Then you have, like, that. He's been a part of it. Yeah. Immortal X-Men is the main X-Men comic as far as I'm concerned. Sure. And they're not here. Uh, Moira is, a, is just, just turned into, like, an animated X-Men series villain at this point. Yeah. A little mustache twirly. Just it, but, uh, and yeah. Any death she had is absolutely gone. Yeah. For it's real, like, they got like it's weird. Sinister, really. Like Sinister has the heat now. It's like, oh, what is he going to do? Which I guess they're doing it correctly if if they're coming up with an event for him. So, last year at this time, we were reading Inferno and talking. Well, I at least was talking about how much I love Fuck. Moira and how great that storyline was. One year later, I feel the exact opposite. So that's funny. I while, while I was reading this, I I I still think about what of the Krakoan Hickman era stuff I want to get. And it's almost none of it. But I, you know, I have that, I have that Hawksbox collection. Like, a, but I should get Inferno to close it off. And I'm still a bit like, 
I don't know. I would say get the Hickman X-Men Omnibus. Yep. It's not omnibus price. It's just hardcover price, really, because it has the one issue in it that I think is, is the best issue of Hick- Hickman's run is the Apocalypse in a Suit issue. Oh, my God. That was so good. Such mm. a good mm. issue. Like that alone and is just like, ooh, it's good stuff. The one where they went to space and fought the Brood. Oh, my God. You that was brood so guy, awesome. Sean? Yes, the Brood are awesome. Yeah, okay. Is it the one with uh, Brett Booth? Yes. On art? Oh, yeah. Yes. That's a great issue. Oh, yeah. 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 I'm a, I'm a Brett Booth guy. I know that's a hot take, but me too, dude. Uh, I'm not. You are. Or you aren't. I am. I am. I am. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's okay. it's like I like how um, I... when he shows up, it's a treat. You know. I could take him or leave him. Okay, that's fair. That's how I. That was my most that was my first exposure. Like maybe I'd read something, but Ooh. I didn't. It was my first exposure knowing who Brett Booth was, and yeah. I was like, wow, this is fantastic. I love this throwback style um it was great and then he shifted over and did some spawn stuff and that was great too so mm. sideways, um man check out sideways good stuff oh the 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 um that was like that dc, DC right post post yeah. metal like new hero sort of initiative he was in um he was in a, yeah wasn't he was in a, uh dark crisis, crisis right yep he showed yeah. up for like three panels i was i was hyped yeah. man i was I, I forgot to reference that uh immortal x-men 7 is great yeah, uh, yeah, I, that was my. It was, it's not your pick, this just, week, right? Did you have a pick of the week yet, Sean? M- mine is dual power bomb. Okay. I, it would have been this if the Mortar stuff hadn't happened, but. Mm. Uh, just just so we're not talking about another artist on someone else's book, uh, Lucas Wernick on this is. I mean, it's as Krakoan as it could possibly be. Like the colors on this are absolutely on point. Um, I really really liked the look of Nightcrawler and the the things that uh he was you know uh, doing in all this there's just there's a lot going on did you guys notice that Cyclops head is exploding in the uh in that big splash I was offended no (laughs) pretty funny I gotta Uh, gotta say uh, uh, Warnick uh since uh Trial of Magneto has really been stepping up his game like this is like he's it's oh like it's like God. main x-men books are like whoever is on it it's like a, a trajectory to like a tier um, yeah yeah so good on him because this stuff's good it's, it's real good i think one of the issues i have with them typically is like oh i've seen panels reused in the same issue you know like maybe just like out of focus or zoomed in um i didn't notice feel it. like we i feel like we have called that out before we have, yep. Maybe it was I, in, I know maybe it was in yeah. Trial of Magneto, yeah. It was, yeah. I know it's ex- explicitly where it is in Trial of Magneto, yeah. Mm. Um, but I can, I can, uh, I can see that there might have been editorial uh, um, issues with that miniseries, so that could have been it. Let's talk about Star Wars Visions number one, a book that I am surprised got past editorial, not for the quality. Uh, just for the idea. So this was the listener pick of the week uh, as voted by, gosh, the whole Discord. Uh, who can we uh, who can we attribute this to uh, primarily? Matt is the, one, the Matt is the one who threw it out. I think it was Murphy. Yeah, yes. Uh, so thank you to Matt and thank you to everybody who who piggybacked because uh, this was this was a surprise. As soon as Matt put this in the Discord, I was like, wow, I, I, I want to see this. Um, and I was convinced I'd buy it either way. 
So this this was by uh, Takashi Okazaki. Now I don't know who that is. Um, and then the, the the story and art was by them. The English translation is by Aki Yanagi. Joe Caramagna did the letters. So Takashi Ozaki is the guy who did Afro Samurai. Oh, okay. Which okay. I think he's in this book. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So are you guys familiar with the Star Wars Visions? Um, I watched brand? a couple of them. Yeah, okay. I think I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I watched this one. Uh, I think this is a prequel to the first episode of Star Wars Vision. So I'm looking at it right now. Um, Takashi Ozaki wrote the first issue of um, Star Wars Vi- – uh, first episode of Star Wars Visions uh, that was the duel. It was like a Ronin set thing. Um, this feels like a precursor to that really. I, I haven't watched it. it. It's been on my list to watch. I just haven't gotten to it yet. Uh, it's very good. The, yeah, I've especially heard very good things the, about Visions, yeah. Especially the Ronin one. There are some weird, some weird ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this one was cool as hell. So, Sean, the, the Visions thing is just like they're getting like people who have like a definitive art style in animation or um, writing or whatever. And then just giving them like, hey, do a Star Wars story, not in continuity. It could be whatever. Use the idea of Jedi, Sith, Stormtroopers, Rebellion, whatever. The idea of Star Wars and have fun. Um, mm. So this just seems like a nice, nice, fun little one shot to tie into that. Which when when you have the guy who did Afro Samurai – um, you kind of want him to do something more than just an animated thing, like maybe do the actual manga that he did, you know? So um, I, I thought this was fun. I had fun with this. It was definitely fun. Um, it's obviously very much, you know, from a dialogue standpoint, very manga, very anime mm-hmm. um, in the sense that, you know, I I can't generally find my way into – this kind of dialogue um and uh there were there were things i liked about it and i definitely appreciate the craft of it there's some sick pages uh this is more of a visual feast i think than anything uh i thought this was a particularly cool page where this dude just going super saiyan for no reason i mean he's actually getting hit by lightning but it looks so damn cool um I think there could have been more here. Like, I feel like this could have been like, I almost would have liked to have seen, and I, you know, this, maybe this is like blasphemous, but I would have loved to have seen this style depict a lightsaber battle from the history of star Wars. I would have loved to have seen like, what would have, what would uh, Anakin and um, uh, 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 Ewan McGregor, what would that have looked like in this art style? I would have loved that. Um, But as it is, I, this just wasn't enough for me. It wasn't enough to justify the concept. I get that. I, and I think that it, it either being a prequel or a sequel, I don't really fully know because I didn't watch the first episode. Um, but it, it feels like it's constrained to not tell the story that they actually told in, in Takashi Okazaki's episode of Visions. Um, so it's kind mm-hmm. of has to be on the, the peripherals of that. Like we don't really get – we get like one quick fight scene at the beginning. One – fight page at the end maybe two mm-hmm. two pages and the rest of it is dialogue where it's yeah it's, you can tell it's translated you know um there's one bit where the guy's like yeah i can give you a full body massage right now and i was like yo pardon pardon come again um, just like there's like a good what five pages of people just talking while they're you know in a hot tub together hot spring together um 
But, like, even during that, the art looks fucking good. So, like, I can't complain too much. Um, Sean, the same guy did uh, Batman Ninja, if you're familiar with that. I know of it. I didn't okay. watch it, I don't think. Um, I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pass, but only, only with the caveat that like, this isn't for me. I do think it looks really, really cool though. Um, and it it is a one-off. So like, it's not like you're going to have to make a decision about continuing on after this. So if you just want awesome art, because the art is really good, um, then sure. But if you're expecting some kind of like, if you're expecting it to relate to Star Wars in any way, you shouldn't. If you're expecting a revelation of a story, you shouldn't. Um, and if you're expecting characters to care about, you shouldn't. That's kind of my review. Like, if you like, if you just care about the art, go right ahead. I kind of agree. I kind of agree with you. I think yeah. um, the uh, the art is fantastic in it. Um, I like the fact that it's kind of a one and done. You know, like, I don't necessarily think I'd want this for a full mini or something. It kind of does what it needs to do. Um, I will say, I started reading it like a manga at first because um, <laughs> I'm reading digital, so there is no front or back for me. It's just going forward no matter what. Um, but, like, I was like, all right, this this story doesn't really make much sense. I think I went through, like, four pages reading it from right to left uh, before I realized I'm an idiot. Um, but. I, uh, I had a lot of trouble with the uh, with the blocking of of the characters in the first couple of pages, I guess I didn't realize we'd switch characters. Mm-hmm. Same, yep. Uh, and that, I mean, that really took me out of it. I had to do a double um, take that to realize was, our POV that, was on a ridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really frustrating. Um, I agree. But yeah, you know, it is what it is. Um, for me, I, I, I kind of kept coming back to this would be so much cooler animated. Um, yep. Lucky for and, you. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the animated episode is tremendous. Hmm. So I'll probably just go watch that. I might watch watch it tonight. Actually, yeah, I have time. I already watched the. You know, I think if if it if it brings people to watch the anime after having read it they get you to double dip it's a success you know like yeah it if you're into the concept of it but you wish that you could see it in motion and they have that provide to be able to provide for you hey that's pretty good you know what's not good and that's the the end of our reviews the invisible hand of Um, capitalism no that sucks but uh the invisible hand of our co-host the, the the invisible co-host uh the co-host <laughs> I love that who great universal was yeah. tagged once again but it's not here once again i tagged marco last week to what or to review the first two issues of new avengers by brian michael bendis and david finch and that tag the two issues was punishment for being so tardy on the last tag <laughs> I think you got to learn your lesson and just not stop tagging them at this point. Oh, I'm just doing it on purpose. I'm not tagging Marco anymore. It's pointless. <laughs> it's Marco just utterly get, pointless. Marco no longer gets to read extra. <laughs> right. But but then that would mean he would no longer get to tag anyone. Fair. Fair. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, I mean I've only tagged like we, three. We people, should now force him to so. do four issues. You should do the whole can, first arc. Yeah, make him <laughs> do the whole do first the arc collection. Yeah, I think I'm I'm down. He should re- be simultaneously reading Mighty Avengers by Bendis and Frank Cho. That's what I say. There's almost no chance Actually, that he no, didn't. No, no. Like, he probably started, because he only told us today, so he probably read the first He probably read it. Yeah, he probably read it. So read the rest. (laughs) Go right ahead. He read two in a week, so he could read at least two more in another week. Punish you with a good time? Uh, I figure we'll use this time then, because we've all read it already, of course, just to talk a little bit about it. Because, like, that's that's when I kind of first started to realize, like, oh, man, I, I really mess with comics. Like, this is so cool. Um, I think it was uh, as much about the fact that um, it was something that felt new because um, of the presentation of it, right? So, like, I didn't know that the Avengers had been broken up before that issue. I didn't know what happened. I bought oh, that first comic. You went right into it. Yeah, I, I, that was my first foray. Uh, so I was like, okay. And Bendis did such a tremendous job of reintroducing you or introducing you to the Avengers, whether you were an old fan or not with some old Avengers characters that you expect on the team, Mm -hmm. but also some characters that you would never expect on the team. We say the names Captain Marvel. Now we say Luke Cage. Now we say Iron Fist. Now Dr. Strange a little later and you go, yeah, of course they're on the Avengers. What's the big deal? Wolverine, Spider-Man. Guess what? He was never Spider-Man. Avenger before this. Guess yeah. what? They weren't Avengers. Daredevil. Those were not Avengers stalwarts. Those Daredevil were not no. core. Sorry? Daredevil declines the invite. Right. Okay. Yeah. But like, That's why he like was. Him. Yeah. So that was so interesting about the book. And then he was also seeding a whole large conspiracy that made mm-hmm. New Avengers feel like in, uh, uh, appointment comics. You know, the way we talk about appointment television. And it's so rare for a writer to make you feel that way these days. Bendis accomplished a magic trick. And a big part of that magic trick was the art of David Finch. Because when you look at those pages and you see the way he drew that jungle, when they went to the jungle and they found Wolverine or Sauron or Electro or Spider-Woman or Captain Marvel, forget Miss Marvel at the time. The raft raft breakout? The raft fight. Oh, Oh. good stuff. I got to say, like, this is also one of those things where it made... Um, it justified the reason for two Avengers teams. He had Mighty yep. Avengers, which was like the corporate uh, big Avengers classic kind of thing where they fought these cosmic threats or you know, like big, big stuff. Um, the new Avengers is like, hey, we're going to do uh, something a little more ground level. You know, like we're going to take the Marvel Knights idea, which fucking worked um, previously, mm-hmm. and we're going to make an Avengers that's essentially that kind of idea. And even Mighty was years later. New Avengers was the only Avengers book. True, yeah. Yep. yep. It was radical. And even going from this to the century um, oh in the next God. volume Yo. was wild. Century. Like, it was a character that I'd never heard of. And, like, e- even by this point, like, I was, you know, I was at that point in, in reading comics where I was just devouring anything I could get my hands mm-hmm. on. And I could not figure out where this character had come from, why I'd never heard of him, and why he had this whole history. But I was convinced he was in all of it. Yep. Like he made the 
century feel so real in the Marvel uh, uh, history, but he was never there. To be fair, a lot of credit is due to, to Paul Jenkins and Jay Lee for, like, that's what their century Marvel Knights mini was about. It was like, oh, this character's always been here sort of thing. Um, but I think Bendis really was like, all right, he's always been here, but let's make him important. You know, that was the, that was the next step up. And, you know, century is like, I love the century. I mean, I think you two are with me on this. You yeah, and I are the yeah. two biggest century fans on Earth. Yeah. Oh, century is so good. And, like... The Sentry is like a, a core character that just finds his way throughout it up until Siege. And I would say Siege might mm. be like the last like event of this era in Marvel. It definitely is. Fear uh, itself feels like a different uh a Dark, different thing. No, Dark Rain would have Dark Rain ends at Siege. Okay, yep. 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 Yeah. We got the heroic age after that, and then Fear Itself, and then all do, that jazz. Do you miss those uh silhouette team building uh yes. marketing campaigns they would do? Yes. Where it's like, oh, this person's joining the secret Avengers. Here's a silhouette. Who is it? And we're like, oh, I don't know. It looks like Beast. Oh shit, it's Beast, you know, like stuff like that. It was so fun, man. Oh, like they could shit. they could do those long teases back then because our attention spans weren't so short. Now it's like you okay? Wow. Okay. There's a new Secret Avengers yeah, team. They could still I don't give a damn who's in the silhouette. Once a week, just tease a new character for a team. I, yeah, I just I, don't I, think I'd they down. care enough <laughs> at this point. Honestly, Guntag, uh, uh Harris. How's it going? I forgot Harris has like a new username in every single platform he's on. So, <laughs> <laughs> what's up, Harris? Thanks for joining. Uh, so yeah, that's. That's the wrap on New Avengers. I'd love to do a book club on it one day. It's just so long. Um, it's difficult to tackle that, but uh, maybe we can break it up in chunks. I, I mean, shit, I was we're doing say, it for Swamp Thing and Chainsaw Man. I was going to say we do a uh, a retrospective on the Bendis era of Avengers, but that that's a big that's a that's big a to do. tall order, my think, friend, uh, and one think, that I would be you glad think Jeff to tackle. Is cool with them? Can we talk to Jeff? Maybe uh, Jeff can get us in on contact with uh, Mr. Bendis there. Actually, this is a good idea. I like this idea. I I, I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, dream of speculating about that on the air. Uh, I'm, um, <laughs> I'm but uh, we've got one last thing we like to do here on the show. This is the pals pull segment mm. where we let you guys know what books we are looking forward to next week. Uh, these are not necessarily the books we'll be reviewing, but you know, generally you can get a good idea of what we might be tackling uh, through this segment. But I will say, if any of these books interest you and you want us to make sure we talk about it, let us know. It's called yeah. a listener pick. Indeed. Uh, Sean, you want to pick up uh, Batman, One Bad Day, uh, Penguin, number one, by John Ridley and Giuseppe Concoli. Okay. Right out the gate, that's a, that's a great creative team. Yeah. Uh, both of them are super talented, and Giuseppe Comuncoli is like – for the for the post Secret Wars by Hickman era was my favorite artist working at the time, uh, so talented. And when paired with Marta Gracia, almost no one better. Um, that being said, Penguin's been on a roll. We saw some cool Penguin stuff go on at the beginning of the Chip Zdarsky uh, Batman run. Penguin was great in the Batman film, so I am definitely into the idea of. Penguin getting a one bad day one shot. The last one didn't excite me. The Two-Face one did. But I'm definitely giving all of these a chance. I think of all of them, 
this one certainly has one of the best shots to be a home run. Sean, have you gotten to Riddler yet? No, but it's at the exact top of my to-read pile. Got it. Okay, cool. Mm. Uh, but you also wanted to check out Flashpoint Beyond, number six of six. All right, yeah. So we interviewed Jeff Johns, of course. This is actually one of the only books we didn't get to talk about just because of time. Um, but uh, I've been enjoying it. It's weird. Um, it's not. He's not the only credited writer on the book, so it's difficult to know how much of it he's actually responsible for, but it definitely has Jeff John's stamp on it in certain aspects. And I'm really excited to see how it wraps up. It's been, it's been interesting. So I've been reading this and strangely, and I don't think I would have said this. It is kind of fun to be back in the flashpoint universe. Yeah. Which is weird. I'm not even like a, I I did not like flashpoint when it came out. So, right. uh, Yeah. I've liked it since, but yeah, it's, it's cool. Yeah, the worst part about that is after talking to him, I kind of want to go back and give it a try. We didn't Not ask him Flashpoint what, what itself, the deal with but the... Flashpoint Beyond. Yeah, we didn't ask him what the deal with Pandora was. I meant to ask him about that. but uh, yeah. I had a whole – dude, I wanted to talk about the New 52 so bad. Hey. I really uh, did. Is there a I... – we passed the 10-year anniversary of it? Uh, yeah. yeah, I think that was – wasn't yeah, that yeah, 2010? Yeah, I feel old then. I feel old then. Shit. 2011. Yeah, yeah. 2011. We did a retrospective of uh, earlier yeah, in the year on That's that. Right. Yeah. 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 We did. Okay. Um, so I wanted to check out Crypt of Shadows number one. So this is kind of a a spoopy oh, yeah. Marvel horror uh, anthology series. And I gotta say, cover got me got me good. It's got Werewolf by Night on it. Which check out the uh, Disney Plus special. It's really fucking good. Um, it's got Man Thing, Moon Knight. Blade's daughter, so this is a good little uh, little mm. prelude to that. Moon Knight, Wolverine, the Laura Kinney Wolverine, and my absolute favorite, Elsa Bloodstone. Um, so this is just like hitting all the right notes for me. Um, and sometimes Morbius uh, is in there too somewhere. Uh, he might be in the book. He's not on the cover, at least. Um, oh, the cover, like, that, the cover I saw, it was just a Morbius cover. Yeah, there's just that is Morbin time on that cover, I guess. But uh, yeah, yeah. This one's just a little more like it's got a lot of like uh, Midnight Suns uh, energy to it, even though mm. it's not the Midnight yeah. Suns book proper. Um, yeah, these these can be fun. I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. Um, and then you what? and I, Kale, uh, we want to check out Miracle Man number one. Miracle Man: The Silver I'm, Age number one. I'm very excited about Miracle Man. Yeah, he's a grittier Captain Marvel, uh, grittier Shazam, um, and mm. he's got like his. Uh, his bad guys have some real weight to them, some real threat. Um, this one, I believe. So the pitch for this one is that it's like uh, it's Neil Gaiman and Mark, uh, Mark who? Sorry, Buckingham. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, yep. Mark Buckingham. It's their unfinished story from fifteen twenty. Yeah. Maybe even pre two thousands, honestly. I don't Thirty exactly. years ago, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Miracle Man Junior wakes up in two thousand twenty, I guess, from nineteen sixty three, and the world has changed. I don't know. I'm I'm excited. I so, it's gonna be dope as hell. 
Yeah, the story never finished the game in, and Buckingham originally drew art on it. So Buckingham actually redrew everything for this. So it is a retelling of it. it it's them redoing oh, what they wild. never finished before. So it's pretty wild. And I never thought we'd actually get this. Um, so this is a long time coming. <laughs> like, when, when was Miracle Man announced as, like, a Marvel property? What, 2012? You know, maybe 10 years ago? Yeah, yeah. So it was like a Can I say that I went to. As someone who has literally never read a Moon, a Miracle Man, anything, I am I so either. tired and done with this <laughs> character. Like, yeah. Oh my God! Every every couple of years they announce a new Miracle yeah. Man, and they always do some tease. Marvel, stop with the tease. Okay, we don't care. The the yeah. put the book out. Give us something to read and do yeah. something new. The best Miracle Man story of the past ten years was probably the most recent Century miniseries. You know, bringing Century back. I know it was drawn by Kim Jacinto. I don't remember who uh, it was written by. Um, but essentially, uh, Century gets his own Miracle Man Jr. who turns into, like, a villain and stuff. It's good stuff. Um, but I'm excited to see what this could be. Yeah. Uh, and then, so I had Marco's in here. Marco wants to check out uh, Come Aquaman on. No. But I also don't want to do that. Him. That's I wanted bullshit. To out. I wanted to shame stop. him. I wanted to shame him. No. 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 Um, Marco wanted to pick up a book by Paro Itagaki called Drip Drip. Um, this is a manga. Oh, where okay. All right. The, you can ask this, this is, one. Yeah, it's a manga where uh, this woman, whenever she is aroused, she has a nosebleed. Um, and that's the Come pitch. On, that's the whole pitch. This and is, normally, this is, this is the just, book I'd pick for you if you don't get your pals pulls into me soon enough for me to put it in the slide. Like, this is what I would pick. And Marco picked it willingly. So feel free to judge him. This is, uh, I feel like, a, a, a classic Murphy pick as well. Um, but uh, interesting. Interesting pick. Drip, drip. Rom V's watching right now, Tyler, and this is the kind of thing you want to discuss. <laughs> hey, if he keeps watching, then, you know, thank, thanks, Rom. Um, I'm glad you got it this far. Uh, most people don't. So, uh, Kel, Jesus. you also wanted to check out uh, Hellboy in Love, number one. Yeah, it's a new Hellboy. Yeah, I don't know. Awesome. What else is there to say? Uh, He's in he, love with a New Yorker, apparently. Is it a New Yorker? I thought it was a uh, British, she a British lady. Their latest victim, Anastasia. Mm. Uh, he goes. Uh, it sounds like it's a train robbery. He has to patrol a train route where goblins have been stealing from passengers. Uh, their latest victim, Anastasia, is a <laughs> researcher and archaeologist. Uh, transporting valuable artifacts to a museum, and she's not going to let him go without a fight. So, as you say, Anastasia, I have a pack of a uh, Anastasia trading cards from the the movie with R- Rasputin. You know, the nineties movie. Oh yeah, it's unopened. Hang on to those. You'll be able to get through college with those again. College again. Yeah. Again. Yeah. yeah. Lord knows. You mine. know, let's sell those. You can get me through college. <laughs> That drip drip just turned me off, man. That was, that was not weird. into it, huh? No, no, not the drip drip uh, you're into normally. Just no more Marco's picks when Marco's <laughs> not here. Okay, thank you, Marco's Oops. sticky pick of the week. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> On that horrific yeah. note, uh, that's that's it for pals pulls. Thank you guys so much for watching. Uh, make sure you tune in this Saturday. Live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash the comics pals, 10 15 a.m. Eastern to hear my address 
about the recent updates for the Marvel films, aka Fantastic Four. Uh, tune in for that. <laughs> I'm excited, man. I'm gonna be all caffeined up, ready for that discussion. Mm. And uh, tune in to this show live every single Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern. If you want to get your listener request in, book you think we should review, write to us at thecomicspals.gmail.com or leave a comment anywhere. There's a comment box. We will see it, and we will note your request. And if we like your pick or enough people pick it, that's what we'll do. Uh, Patreon.com slash thecomicspals. $3 a month gets you access to our newsletter. There's a lot of other cool stuff going on there, over there. Um, Check it out. And uh, maybe you'll decide you want to see what more we have to offer. Thank you to everyone who does. Uh, YouTube.com slash The Comics Pal. Subscribe for free. Like the video. Share it with your friends. All that's free to do and helps out a lot more than it costs you. Join our Discord server. There's a link to it in the description of anything we do. And thanks for watching. For Tyler and Kale, I'm Sean saying, until next time, take care, guys. See you next week.